my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've had a few I've had my share second season of Sour Grapes with Amy and Etta. I'm Amy. And I'm Etta. And we are the champions, my friends. Etta, how are you feeling tonight? Of the world. Because we are the only place that plays college basketball, right? Sure. It's American exceptionalism right there, baby. Well, yeah, I think that America really is. Like, I think we are... I think we're the only I mean, place that does like at like a college level. I mean, I know Japan has college football. Oh, interesting. I assume they have college baseball since baseball's big there. I don't know. So I was listening to the Americast from BBC last week and they were talking about March Madness and they were all kind of like explaining it to their British audience and they're like, yeah, this is uh this is a really big deal in America. College like, sports. explain a sport badly. Uh-huh. Um so that's when I was like, is is America the only place that does this lie of amateurism? I mean I feel like we lie about a lot of things. We lie about so. a lot of things. And also it mo it might be like the most elaborate version of the lie. I That's, definitely don't think yeah. there's like the NCAA for Hungary. Like, are there college sports in England? Do they play college cricket? I, like, were you a cricketer for Oxford? I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I kind of don't think so because I think that most athletes go pro immediately and go like play European basketball and stuff. Like yeah, the one guy like that we're getting it's in our university class, level, yeah, it's it's like intramural, right? Or the equivalent in of intramurals, even if they like call it a team France, for the school. If you end up at university, you have to take the baccalaureate, which like assigns you if you're going to go to university or trade school or some other direction with your life so I would assume there's not university level sports there yeah they do that in Germany anyway like you go on a path in high school and that pretty much dictates what you do with the rest of your life I don't know I'm not super up on on Germany despite my entire heritage being German Connor Connor we need you if you're listening yeah Uh, 
Anyway. Who else? Um, AF Baylor Bear. I think he currently lives in Germany. Yeah, and he got his COVID vaccine today also. I saw. COVID twins. I got my COVID vaccine today. Vaccine twins. Vaccine twins. Um, I was telling Etta before we started recording that I'm apparently the first person who made an audible sound when getting an injection by the guy who did my injection. So, and I'm convinced he hit a nerve and also that I'm going to have Bell's palsy or something. But I was driving home and I was like, you know what? If it happens, my face will eventually fix itself and I'll be fine. Hopefully. Or it won't and you'll just be droopy. I'll be droopy. I'll be like the girl. But we'll love you. With the Botox that Dex tweeted oh, with like the weird eyes. I still eyes. don't know which of her eyes was uh, same, the bad one. Same. How sad. That's, that's no way to live your life. I did see that uh, there's an article today about um, everybody getting ready for their post, post-pandemic post glow up. Oh, and that Botox appointments are on the rise and we're oh, all sick of being them. stuck at home looking ugly. So book your Botox now. You should. My Botox for July when Sam has turned five and given up the boob finally, which she promises me she will do. How good are five-year-olds at keeping promises? <laughs> Come for the petty, stay for the attachment parenting. Anyway, what are you drinking tonight, my friend? Tonight I am drinking Moet and Chandon Nectar Imperial which was recommended to me by a friend of the pod, Barrett Telmec, um, because I don't drink very much champagne, and I texted him from the grocery store. We, uh, we call him friend of the pod. I don't think he listens to the pod, though, so. He doesn't actually listen to podcasts. I don't really us. think at all. He seems so. like a guy who would listen to, like, a really bizarre true, cl- Ooh, true like crime. like a true crime? Yeah, yeah. That's true. So anyway, he's that. never he's never gonna know that he got got a shout out. But um I'm doing I really wanted to do fancy, fancy, fancy champagne. Todd got in my head enough about it, and then I was also like, I'm not gonna drink it in one sitting and then it won't be as good. So I didn't go with the cristal, I went with the Vouve, also because they sell it at CVS, which is where I got my shot today. But and, we did uh, come up with our end of life plan. Oh yeah, based off of uh, your newfound frugality mm-hmm. from Todd. That's what I'm doing. Which is what? What is our plan? We're gonna live in a Golden Girls house and yeah, drink really expensive champagne, assuming that our children are all grown and financially secure, and there's nothing yeah. left to save for. We're going to use life insurance money. Yeah. That too. To live our golden years. Yes. With a pool. A pool oh, yeah. and good champagne. Can we get a cabana person to go with our pool? Uh, I hear that Drew Timmy doesn't have a lot going on right now. So he's available. <laughs> I get he's not my ideal cabana guy, though. So. No. The trucker chic is not really my look. Oh my gosh, it's so awful. And Graham thought he was like a thirty-year-old, which is what I didn't he realized like. he's only twenty. That freaking stash just ages a man, and it's not like a good, handsome silver fox aging. It's 
No. It's very Maybe much so. Maybe he'll be one of those guys who hits like 45 and has this glow up and... Maybe he's a really handsome guy. I don't know because of the freaking It's hard to see past the stash. Yeah, can't see past it's it. It's true. He would fit yeah. in well in Marion, Kentucky. I feel that in my bones. I think he still has his teeth, though, so I mean, he has that him, going for him. Give him a couple of years. That's true. Give him a couple of years in Kentucky and we'll take care of that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm okay. I've got my teeth. We're fine. Um... I was also telling you before we recorded that I finally listened to last week's episode and I was bemoaning the fact that Baylor had had like uncomfortably close games and I was so jealous of Gonzaga for like just dancing their way into the final four with no stress and my 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 things took a turn <laughs> over the weekend. They sure did. Did you watch the Gonzaga game on Saturday? I did not. I turned it off ooh, maybe halftime. Oh. We were trying to finish. Um, uh, and one of one of the um, Marvel movies, it's the one I hate with the robot guy where they lift Sokovia up in the air. You won't know, but uh -uh. I'm just completely blanking on the name. But we finished watching that with the boys because we are doing a Marvel cinematic universe watch with them um and when i checked in it was like tied at the end of regulation and so and then my i first thought was i was looking at like the progression of the game and it was basically like a one-to-one -one matchup on the lines of scoring and i always i always like to check that because i'm a, like a statistics nerd and um i always feel like that's that type of graph is always the mark of a really interesting game yeah but I feel like if you have to win a game on a buzzer beater, you got lucky, not good. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily deserve to have won. And I'm not, I mean, that would go both ways. If, if Houston had won, or not Houston, if UCLA had won, the same could be said about them. Mm -hmm. It is not a decisive win. You are not showing us that you deserve to be in the national championship game. You played a great game. You managed to win. Um, sort of that saying of it's better to be lucky than good. Oh, yeah. Which in a single elimination tournament might oh, be Oh, for accurate, sure. For but sure. But I don't want my team to win that way. Will I take it if I get it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yes, I will take that all day. <laughs> but, but... Like I, I would li I like to be able to say like we and we said this a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but that we don't want an easy path to right. the championship because there will always be those people saying they don't deserve to be there because, you know, oh, they had the COVID pause or um all these things. And I I want to be able to prove these guys deserve everything that they have achieved. And that deserves acclaim and celebration. Well, yeah, I think what we were talking about was the fact that, like, in all of the previous Baylor runs, Baylor has been fortunate enough. First of all, they've, they've like, never been seated, like, an eight or, well, maybe one year. But, like, in each of our final or our lead eight runs, 
we were like three or four seeds. And so everyone's criticism has been, well, you guys got to play lower seeds all along. You blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yes, that's what you get when you have a really good season. You get rewarded with a high seed so that if things work out perfectly, you aren't playing like a number one in your opening round game. Now, Gonzaga, I feel like, has gotten got a very favorable draw going into the final I mean, four. that's the benefit of being the number one seed overall. Right. Well, and also, like, there weren't huge upsets. No. Although, I mean, they well, the there Texas, were huge upsets, which means right. that they were they playing didn't... an 11 seed in their final right. four game. Now, that being said, I, I think, in hindsight... UCLA was underrated significantly. Yes. And I don't, I mean, I remember seeing stuff about like, who was it? There was somebody in our side of the bracket that was like significantly underranked. And I can't remember who it was now. My mind is like completely blank. Um, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't remember seeing much about UCLA being underranked I feel like but was it just because everybody was like oh the Pac-12 is not that big of a deal everyone was like that and then the Pac-12 like shocked everyone in the tournament um Mm -hmm. and also like UCLA had to play in to the tournament which seems laughable in hindsight now but right yeah I mean I can't really have any qualms about how that all plays out because the tournament is so fluky. Like it is so rare to actually get what we got this year, which is having the one and two ranked teams for the whole season playing in the championship game. Like it is much more common to have Cinderella stories. Yeah. Um. Like my whole... After Saturday, okay, after our game on Saturday and before the Gonzaga and UCLA game played out, I just had a weird calm and a weird, like, confidence, like, we're going to win the national championship. And I don't, don't know why I felt that way, but then especially, like, when the Gonzaga game was happening and people were like, oh, man. UCLA winning would be huge for Baylor, but I'm like, I don't really want to play UCLA. I don't want to play anyone who's like on a hot streak. I want to, first of all, I want to beat the team that everyone has been knob slawing all year. NSFW. Second of all, I think they're like big and slow and not super athletic. And I think that like why I was really worried about Arkansas and Houston is that they're like, Scrappy and fast. Yeah. Which matches up better when you're playing Baylor than being big and plotting. So I was like, I'm wanting Zaga. I mean, it makes me think of this joke that my dad and and my uncles used to make about um, Greg Ostertag, who he went to, he went to Kansas and then he played for, I think the jazz maybe. Okay. But, um, giant white guy we had like a late 70s suburban when i was a kid that we named ostertag because it was big and white and slow um and, and uh 
they used to say to each other, uh, like, he's big, but he's slow. Yep. Like, yep. And I feel like that fits well for Timmy. Oh, it fits well for most of their entire team. Yeah. So I felt very good going into Monday. I did have, I woke up not anxious. And I think that I was telling people, like, I'm a little bit worried because I'm not worried. And it's my MO to be very, very worried. But, and then, like, right before the game started, I had my Taylor Swift Betty moment. Have you listened to Betty? The song Betty by Taylor Swift? I honestly can't think of it, so maybe not. Um, It's her Folklore album, which came out last summer. And it is told from the perspective of someone who is, like, um, regretting doing something. And then you later realize it's regretting, like, cheating on someone. And the whole song is like, what if I just showed up at your party? Would you have me? Would you want me? Um... And it and it goes on, and at the end, the singer of the song or the narrator is standing at the doorstep, and it turns out to be a he. And he says, "Like it's hitting me right now. This is the last time I can dream about what will happen. It's either going to go well for me, or it's not going to go well for me." And I've kind of been like living on this dream and living on the hope and living on not knowing what's going to happen. And I was definitely like, I don't even want this game to begin because I can still have hope right now. And the hope (laughs) keeps me alive. Um, (laughs) And that was all I was nervous about. I was like, I just, I don't want to know that we're going to lose. I want to still hope. And then the game started. (laughs) And Lord. I, so I kept thinking... I think as we were texting uh, before the game on Monday, but it was like, I kept thinking like, if it's not now, if it's not these guys, if it's not right. in Who's this year that where they've had to overcome everything. Um, and, but my warped, warped brain put that in context of Elle Woods and Legally Blonde <laughs> and was like, if, uh, why now? Why these sperm? <laughs> Because, anyway, she's talking about um, uh, paternal abandonment and things uh, of that nature. But We go down some journeys here on this podcast. Yeah, we really are. When do we not? When do we not take all the bunny trails? No, it's so fun. Um, But, yeah, I just kept thinking, like, if it's not this year, uh, you know, the, the year of hope, the year of having to overcome everything. Uh, when is it going to be? So I'm glad I didn't have to. I, that was what was freaking me out was that I, I had this weird calm to me and I'm not a calm person. Right. I'm like a constant pool of anxiety just churning inside. Um, it, it rage fuels me. It anxiety fuels me. Um, and I was like sort of calm, but I also couldn't let myself calm down because I don't know how to do that. Uh, so it was, yeah. And then the game half started and hot damn. I am so grateful. I am so grateful that both like our final four game and our national championship game, which were both 
things that Baylor has never achieved in my lifetime um, that I was able to actually like sit there and enjoy them. And I did. Like I was anxious, but like we were playing. Yeah. So well. To the wall. So well. And I kept like, uh, the announcers in the championship game really pissed me off. There was nothing to be dramatic about and they were creating drama. Yes. Yes. We were up 10 at halftime. At least Grant Hill wasn't calling us Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. So I did hear a couple bellers. But even then they did fairly okay on the school name pronunciation. And they were able to correctly pronounce Jonathan Chamwa Chachwa's Chamwa name Chachwa. without yeah. saying God bless you. <laughs> Which I was like, is but they did make comments about lingerie hitting the deck. I missed that. I must have been in my Peloton zone at that point, but like this is the best job. I can didn't do. hear it live. I did hear it on rewatch. On the rewatch. On the, the con- there's a condensed version on the NC2A March Madness app. And I, I heard it on there. This. And I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? Women are like about half of sports fans nowadays. What? And you're making comments like that? Really? Hmm. They did not bring their best and their brightest. But also, like, I know. I knew, like, logically in my head, I knew that what they were trying to do was keep people tuned into the game because this yeah. was not the game that people it's anticipated. It's all about ratings. This is not what they anticipated when they got the most anticipated matchup of the year. The number one, the number two, blah, blah, blah. They did not expect Baylor to come out there and just, like... Slap them? Uh-huh. So I know what they were doing. I would say pistol whip them, but I feel like that's probably not like an okay phrase anymore. Especially not for a Baylor team. <laughs> Ooh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> but like I have I have absolutely no complaints for the game. I when did you know we were gonna win? I, honestly, when we were up nine to zero, I was like, holy crap, we might actually win this. Uh, but I also still couldn't let myself calm right, down. Right, right. Um, I feel like the play where um, we we blocked, I want to call him Kismet, but that's not his name. Kisper. Yes. Who's a very blocked, handsome man, by the way. I think he, he's very good looking. He's, he's very good looking. Um. Also, apparently my cousin played high school basketball versus his dad because his dad went to Denver Christian and my cousin grew up in Littleton. Anyway. Is the dad also uh, handsome? These are questions for later. No, I don't know. He went up to, I think, either Seattle University or Seattle Pacific and stayed there after college to work. Um, But uh, Kispert got denied. We do a fast break and are going back and pass the ball. And um, Flagler shoots it in for a three. Yep. And, and I feel like Davion that is going was nuts the moment. on the sideline, like jumping yes. up. He was yeah. just like losing his mind. Yep. I felt like that was the point that was like the nail, the nail in the coffin. We're going to win this game. I still didn't let myself relax, but that's right. just me. So. I think that might have been 
the 12.54 mark in the second half. Yes. Yeah, um, that sounds right. And it was Adam Flagler scoring his 11th point of the game. He had had eight points, and then he was at 11. And I had glommed onto this stat that I heard on the Ion College Basketball podcast last week or the week before, that when Adam Flagler scores more than 10 points in a game, Baylor wins. It doesn't mean he has to do that for Baylor to win, but Baylor but has every not time lost he a does, game. We win. Yeah. So that hit, we still had 12, 12 minutes, 54 seconds to go. And I was like, we're going to win. That was the 11th point. That did it. We're in double digits. Now. Mm. We're done. Yeah. I, I have go. an uncle. I have an uncle who is a Wichita State fan, but he and I text back and forth about sports and whatnot and he's been cheering on the bears the whole time um and uh he kept texting me and being like can you can you relax yet can you relax yet and I was like nope not yet not yet I can't let myself relax because like what you know what if I'm wrong right right well and I mean you you've heard so much about how like historically great Gonzaga is going into this game that surely, surely they don't suck this much, but they did. And they didn't, I don't, they don't want to be hateful right, to them. Right, right. But I mean, the teams they play are, you know, St. Mary's Pepperdine, San Francisco, Loyola Marymount, Pacific, Santa Clara, San Diego, and Portland. And and then like the, the like, sisters of the one-legged blind man and um the hunchback of Notre Dame, Bene- who knows? Like Benicia School for the Benevolent. I don't yeah. know. Um Yeah. Well, and but like in their out-of-conference games that they play, they played Kansas, they played, they played yeah, West they, Virginia. They played good. I actually have like a whole spreadsheet on this. They so their non-conference games this year. Where did it go? Yeah, so they played Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia, Iowa, UVA. Um, I think those are all their pre pre tournament big non-conference schools. And so of those, we also play Kansas, Auburn, West, West Virginia. Virginia. So, like, they're not playing bad non-conference games. It's just been since November, early December that they've done that and right. been tested. Until the tournament. And, and like, we were talking at lunch today, and the topic was brought up that Gonzaga has won their conference, like, 20 years straight or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, but... If you're the only one putting effort into your program and you're playing all of these nobodies, yeah, you're going to win your conference every year. Yeah. And it, I mean, um, I mean, that would be like if Notre Dame was like, we've won our football conference for 50 years in a row. Y'all don't have a conference. You don't have a conference. I don't know. Well, and like, And this isn't Gonzaga's fault, but the decision to continually rank them high in the preseason rankings just, like, sets up a false 
notion of what they are. Because I before the COVID pause for Baylor, there were so many people who would write like, you know what, Baylor is playing really, really well. They're probably the best team, but Gonzaga hasn't lost. So I can't drop them from number one. And it's like, then maybe we shouldn't do preseason rankings. If like, if you're not willing to use your eyes. Yeah. I keep thinking about like, this is, you know, preseason rankings and strength of schedule rankings and all of this are really nothing. And it's sort of that... That issue of, you know, we had VCS and the computers were choosing who went to games. It's still happening. To, you know, both. It's still happening. Right. It's still happening in other sports. And, and so we involved in this eye test thing. But in basketball, we haven't switched to any we sort of, I don't we know. We haven't involved any human analysis. So now it is. Right. And you need both. Like you can never yeah. have just one or the other. Like, a computer is only as good as what you tell it to do. Right. Right. Oh, it's all very flawed. And, um, I, I like, it speaks volumes when national college basketball people were like, well, I, I just can't drop Gonzaga because they haven't lost a game, but I think Baylor is a better team. Like, oh. honestly, grow a pair of ovaries and... Make a hard choice. Rank them however Do you think they hard. should be ranked. Be brave. Be the... Yeah. The, who, the be the, the change one, you wish to see in the world. <laughs> the one guy who always, like, has off-the-wall rankings in the football season. And I hate him, but, like... John Wilner? Yeah. The man is not scared. We hate him. But He's not scared yeah. to march to the beat That's of the That's true. Drum. He does whatever he wants to do. He's wrong, but... Um, at least he says it. Right. And I don't know if it was Jared Butler or Scott Drew who was talking about this on an interview that I've watched recently because they've both been all over the place. And like yesterday, it was all over the place. But I think someone, and I think it was Scott Drew, and I think he just said, you know, like, do I wish we hadn't had the COVID pause? And you know, could have had an undefeated season, sure, but everything happens for a reason, and here we are. And I just, I go back to my thing that I said back in that Twitter space that everyone dogged me for because I said I want us to lose before the tournament. But I think that there was just so much pressure on Gonzaga. That's true. That's true. And I think that I lost this refocused us. (laughs) I know, but like they refocused us. They made us aware of deficiencies and they like someone said in an interview like there are aspects of our play from before the COVID pause and after after we got the rust knocked off. That is, um, that improved. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I just I I feel very good, duh, you just won a national championship, which is something that no one could have anticipated 18 years ago. But I also feel like we made such an incredible statement in our two final games of the tournament that like, it has been amazing just to hear people speak about just what an absolutely dominating performance we put on. 
very big fan. And I'm like, yeah, dude, we knew this all along. We saw this last year and we saw this this year. But I'm just really grateful that like it played out the way it did because it it just doesn't always. Like it is so hard to win the NCAA tournament. It's so hard. Rarely does the best team all season win the tournament. And it happened this year. Yeah. And it happened to be our Bailey Bears, which is crazy town. Man, that's wild. It's crazy. I love it. I'm wearing only Baylor clothing this week. I'm like trying to figure out how do I make Baylor clothes look business appropriate. I will have, like, you need to get a pair of Baylor earrings that you can wear. So you always have something Baylor on all the time. That's my goal for the rest of 2021. Or I could get a sailor bear tattoo. You could. You're already tatted up, so it yeah. would be okay. But nobody you. knows that. <laughs> no, looking at me, nobody knows that. So Right. They're well hidden. They, there's it, only one. It, 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 it. It's a big one. one. It's, it's a, it's a significant it's one. It's very large. Yeah. It goes, <laughs> it goes from, like, my hip bone to above my armpit, so... Yeah, it's Go huge. big or go home, right? Right. Like, most people get a little one and then, like, ease into this, I think. And you just went in there and you were like, give me the thing. Give me the whole thing. Oh, that's, that's not really my style. Just, Make like, me the lizard one. Make me the lizard lady. That one person who, like, made himself a lizard. You remember that? What? He had, like, little horns implanted under his skin. Oh, yes. Oh. No, that's or not Or was me. it a cat person? I don't know. Maybe a lizard. I think he's a lizard. I don't know. I think they're lizards. He has little horn things on his, and he's bald. And yeah, I remember this. Oh, God. I Um, have already seen a sailor bear national champs tattoo. On on the thigh. On a man's thigh. I am not a a fan of thigh tattoos, but like, you do you. It looked great. The line work was great. Oh, and it's very cute because it's a sailor bear. Yeah. I think if I did anything, it would be like on my wrist or something. Like, it would be. I think that's my next one is something like on my forearm. Right. But I do think I kind of want my other side. I have an idea. So we'll see. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm, I'm not going to do anything, actually. I'm just going to get some earrings so I can have something Baylor all the time. I like it. Uh, can we talk about home field magic? Because I had to explain it to my parents Monday night. We totally can. So also, Fank got to meet Connor. And take a picture with Connor in real life. Well, the funny thing is, I talked to Fink earlier in the week, and he was like, "Are you going to Indianapolis?" And I said, "No, I can't. I can't get away." And he was like, "Oh, I'll go and I'll yell at Connor for you." <laughs> make Air Force shirts, like jokingly. Yeah, I need him to make Air Force shirts. I have made him fan art that I have DM'd them. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm trying to pester them into it, and. He did say today. Then he was eventually. like, he was like, I didn't actually think I'd see him, and but then I there did. There he was. There he was. So like when he tweeted out the picture of him there in like the mm-hmm. hat and the magical jacket, yes. I quote tweeted that, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's totally got Baylor championship gear on underneath that, and he's gonna, and he messaged me, and he was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so I messaged Fink and I was like, "Did you see it?" And I and Fink said, "Like I didn't, I didn't let him show me because I didn't." Want Did him he to actually anything. have it on, or was it just inside his hat? He had it underneath, 
Because if you look, like, he had, like, a black shirt and then a gray shirt. Okay. I'll have to go back and look. And I don't know about, like, the one that was, maybe he took it off and then put it in his hat. I don't know. Fantastic. It was so fun. And, like, I explained that fully. My dad apparently bought a lot of home field gear Monday before the game. I'm like, Dad, get the get the championship gear. Come on, bro. Hmm. But there's only one championship item. He might need other Baylor gear. Well, well, yes. And I got him something for Christmas, but I think he he ordered some other stuff. And then yeah. Oh, but Homefield tweeted a picture right before we played U of H on Saturday of the U of H gear of all the U of H gear. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then they didn't tweet one of Baylor gear. They just tweeted the U of H gear. So if we had lost, I would have given them so much crap. God, that didn't happen. Me too, but I, I just I giving wanna, people crap. I do want to point out that like when Homefield debuted Baylor gear in 2019, summer of 2019, was Our it, football I team. I feel like it was longer ago than that. I thought it was 2018. I don't know. It's all running together. I got my first home field gear summer of 2019. Okay. Oh, Eight. it's 2021. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. My brain and is still our, stuck in our 2020. Our football team went to the Big 12 championship game. That's true. And then our basketball team probably would have won the championship last year. And then they did win it this year. So Homefield Magic is very real. Yeah. Shout out. Someday we will get up there and we will meet we our will. friends. We'll go visit. Just for a hangout in Indy. I actually think yeah. Indy is a really cool city and they have a really cool children's so museum. So I would do that. I, I've heard it's a pretty cool town. I just haven't traveled anywhere. in. My dad's best friend lives there. And so he goes up there, and I've still never been. It's like four hours away from Marion, so I should have done that when I was growing up. Do you believe the champagne story that Mark Vidal told Holly Rowe? I have no reason not to believe the champagne story. Um, I did I, see somebody say, like, this sounds like the sort of story that an assistant coach right, would tell right. a gullible player. I could see it playing out like like the Baylor coaches were like, look, everyone's already crowned them the champions. They've already got their gear, their champagne, everything ready because everyone has decided they're going to win it, but we're going to prove them wrong. I could see that. So I also feel like it could totally be that the player, the Gonzaga players were like, you know what? We have made it through this year. We have made it to the national championship game undefeated, and that deserves celebration. And purchased, but apparently they also were like talking smack. Right. All all this this past weekend toward our guys. So I feel like that lends some validity to Mark's story. I've decided to believe it's a 20.5 episode where Mark comes on and talks to us. That'd be so funny. I know. I think we have champagne. to. I think we have to wait until like guys are out of the Baylor program because it is That's about true. the school, That's and true. we can't have them drinking booze on air. 
Also, Coach Tang, if you take another job, you're coming on the damn podcast and you're drinking Ooh, that's true. some red wine with us. But also, please stay. True. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't ever leave. We totally support you and we'll cheer for you if you leave. We do. It's true. And we will also be really sad. We'll be very, very sad. But you know what? If you want to hold out for that SMU job, that would also be great. Got a great program. Got a great arena. You're in Dallas. It'd be very fun. You can still get real queso. It's true. It's true. You'll be close to your child who is at Baylor. It's a win-win-win. Win-win-win. Do we? Oh, oh. Last thing that I wanted to talk about, Scott Drew apparently saying that he had been praying for Gonzaga all year. (laughs) And I'm like, is this Scott Drew having a golden heart or is this Scott Drew like Jedi mind tricking the heck out of Mark Few? They played pickleball. Or is it just Scott Drew being Being very biblical? Yeah. Pray for your enemies. I don't know. And I don't think they're enemies. I think that Scott knew that the narrative, if it was anyone other than Gonzaga, who we played in the game, it would be like, well, only because Gonzaga didn't get it. Yeah. I just love him. I also like to think of him as like a ninja. But like, I can't picture him as a ninja because in my head that, you know, the giggling video? (laughs) That Matt, that Matt, Matt has. Bear has. <laughs> I can't hear that video in anything other than Goofy from a Goofy movie. <laughs> and and so like I can't Gosh. think of him. Like, <laughs> I can't think of him as a ninja because in my head he's, he's just goofy. so goofy and happy. I know. He's so happy. I know. He he killed him with kindness. Yes. I mean, Keep that burning was Burning like, coals upon their heads. Yep. Yep. Kill them with kindness. Uh, do we move to the I mean, that being said, everything I've heard about Mark Few is that he's super nice. He's also a wonderful person. Scott said they were probably going to go to the lake together. They were going to go to the lake this summer. Have fun, hang out, fishing. play pickleball. Which brings me to the sour grapes portion of this podcast. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit out of order, but like one of my least favorite things that I've been reading on message boards is about how terrible of a person Scott Drew is and how sleazy he is. And, and also on the Pat 40, um, and it's usually Wetzel, but it was Pete Thamel this week, yesterday, who I hate. And so like, they were just like, Wetzel was on vacation. Right. Drinking. Must be nice. Like, who goes... What sports writer goes on vacation during the championship March Madness game? That is... That is super weird. I... I wouldn't miss that shit if I were a sports writer or a sports podcaster. Me either. I just... It kind of blows my mind. Like, maybe it was literally the only time, you know, wife could get off, kids head off of school. Who knows? It was spring break. but, like, still, Planning children, a vacation gets so complicated, but... Summer is two months away. Summer is, like, eight weeks away. You can wait. And there's nothing going on. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. They were talking about how, like, hey, you know, good for Scott Drew, but also, you know, he's not really well-respected by his peers. And, and I'm like... People were like... They were like... 
you know, it's not like, let's win one for the good guy. Like, nobody's going to be saying that in the future. Like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? People did not like Scott Drew in, like, 2008, 2009, 2010 because he was good. And they didn't feel like Baylor should be good. Seven years removed from a scandal. Rick Barnes didn't like Scott Drew because Scott Drew started winning. I part of this, like we have, we have some uh, some posts from from some Longhorns in here. Do you want to read um, some of them? We can, and I just want to say that I feel like Longhorn fans might be the laziest uh-huh. fans ever. They read something on Surly Horns or whatever the other one used to be called, Shaggy Bevo, or, yep. and it gets lodged in their little pea-sized brains that somehow, you know, finished it's in the top fact. 10% of their school, and that's how they got into TUT. But how does it get lodged in your brain as a fact, and you never go do any research of your own to verify it? And honestly, that if that's not the world in a nutshell right now... I don't oh, know what it is, but it's all it's dumb. Misinformation. Um, I'm making this bigger because I'm I'm too blind to read this. Well, I've <laughs> got the, I've got I've got one that says there's a reason Scott Drew has never been poached by a bigger program because he's dirty as duck. It's not because he loves Waco and wants to retire on the Brazos. That like I have no idea what his ultimate aspirations are. But there are very few schools that he could be at and be so overtly Christian. Like, I I think that people dismiss the fact that, like, they, they tend to think that this is a front that he puts up. And I think if it you is are a person Scott Drew. who views your role as you have a mission to win people for Christ, and you also happen to be a basketball coach, there aren't a whole lot of schools that are going to be okay with your with you doing that. Right. Which, I mean, the same could be said for Mark Few. I don't know as much about him, so I can't say that that's what his personality is, but it does seem that it might be. And I would argue that a Catholic school probably doesn't have a problem with that. Um. Right. But in the other, like, a follow-on to that is somebody saying, you know, well, I know Jerome Tang, his assistant, is also dirty as F, and there's a reason he's been his top assistant for 15 years and hasn't taken any other jobs, and it's not because Waco's a beautiful place to live. He used to be at a 1A TAP school and had five to seven D1 kids transfer. Huge, dirty recruiter. The whole dirty recruiter thing drives me batty because honestly what what in the world is a dirty recruiter i mean i guess if you're like paying kids under the table or like bribing them and saying i'll do such and such if you don't come to my school okay that's dirty recruiter if you're giving kids an opportunity and being truthful about what they can do at your school and what the situation will be they're high school kids. I didn't know what I wanted when I was 18. And also, like, uh, Baylor, for all of its flaws, 
Baylor has a unique selling point. At the the Christian University is a big deal, but also because it's in Waco, it's not in a huge city, it's not a huge campus, it's not overwhelming. It is a family atmosphere. And yeah, like if Scott Drew, for example, says like, you know, you can go to UT, but it's going to be a huge thing. And it is going to be a huge pressure cooker with a big city where you're going to be, you know, one of 500 in a class and blah, like, is that negative yeah, recruiting? It's a is totally that, different or experience. Or is it true? Like, is it true to point out to a small, like, Louisiana private school kid, like, this is going to be a very different experience than what you've grown up with. Um, and additionally, yeah. like... Scott Drew went to Butler University. It's a Christian school. He went to Valparaiso, or he coached at Valparaiso. It is a Christian institution. He came to Baylor. It is a Christian institution. Like, it's not like Scott took on this persona. pitched himself to Baylor. Right. And it's it's not because, like, he saw an opportunity. It was not a stepping stone job. Right. Right. It's, it's. It's like one of the things that he can do. And he understood that Baylor also because of the location and because of the conference, like had the potential to be a powerhouse. There are so few institutions like that in America that are, it's Duke, Duke, the Methodist school. Honestly, I I don't ever think of them as being a Christian. Right, right. But I mean, like, but Um, that's one of the very few places where he could go and be overtly Christian without it like violating law. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. But no, it's because he's dirty. That's why he's not getting offered. Has nothing to do with the fact that like Baylor also owes him a debt of gratitude for coming in and taking over the job and taking us to a freaking national championship. Like shut up. He can be a coach for life. And also Baylor will do whatever they can to keep him there. But whatever. Stupid bitter horns. Um, and then also... I'm, I'm okay with us being coach for life. I mean, right. if Kansas is going to give it to Bill Self with a clause that says, doesn't matter what happened that's illegal what before do. this contract was signed, we're going to give it to Bill Self, but we're not going to give one to Scott Drew? Mm. Let's can we, we absolutely are giving up Scott Drew. Scott come on, Mac Rhodes. Even if it hasn't like been made into a statement, I think that everyone knows oh, yeah. that Coach Drew has this job for however long he wants to have this job. Well, given um, all the Air Force Ones and all the swaggy vehicles he wants. Literally, just he can have whatever. He can have yeah. anything. Um, well, not anything, because that sounded thirsty yeah. and we but um I Within also reason. want to now shift over to the comments about Baylor not deserving to have athletic success because we are rape and murder enablers. Mm. Do you want to give the breakdown of what what Baylor basketball actually did in 2003? Do you like have the so I, th- I think people's impression of what happened was that there was a murder and somehow the basketball and program tried to cover it up, which is 
absolutely not true. There was a murder. And in the course of the investigation of the murder, it was discovered that coaches had been paying for tuition and paying for things for players, including Bliss paying Dotson's tuition. Um, and so in and the Dennehy's. course of the murder investigation. Yep. Yeah. And Dennehy's, um And Dotson the, also was these, not on the team when he murdered Dennehy. Right. Dotson had I been kicked off. Why. I think. Yeah. But I think were they crazy. roommates or just teammates? Yeah. I, I mean, and he's absolutely at or was at an age where mental health issues tend to crop up. Um, that is absolutely something that happens. Um, and so I think people have this in their heads that like Baylor tried to cover up this murder. That is absolutely not the case. There was a murder, and in the course of the investigation, all of these issues were discovered. Bliss was fired. He had a show cause thing and a ban from the NC2A for, was it 10 years? I feel like it was 10 years. And then it was, the job, it was got fired from that job. Um, anyway, it was not a Baylor institutional issue. Baylor did not try to cover up a murder. Baylor tried to cover up paying players, which yes. like is wrong. But if Texas right. thinks that has never happened on their own campus. Yeah. Just because it hasn't been publicized at your right. school yet doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. And to add on to that, all the schools and fan bases that like to call Baylor Rapler, if you think rape isn't happening at your university and it's not happening within your athletics teams and it's not being swept under the rug in some fashion, pull your heads out of your asses and see the light of day because it happens everywhere. Every university, Christian or not, it happens everywhere. It happens in our churches. It happens in our jobs. It is everywhere. And if you think it's not, you're part of the problem. Right. Well, and also you have um, you have shown to the world that you actually don't care. You just care about sports and like right. scoring sports, sports points. Right. And I further want to add to the people on Shaggy Bevo, or no, Sarah Horns now, who say things like, um, Baylor never deserves to have anything good happen to them. Uh, Baylor fans don't deserve that. The athletic department shouldn't be in existence. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so telling that what you are really bothered by is the success of an athletic department and you can't recognize the fact that sweeping changes were made in 2003. Sweeping changes were made in 2016. They literally fired the only football coach since Grant Taft who had brought them success. But, like, you yeah. you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about the fact that we essentially nuked our own program to, to remedy stuff and to reset the culture. 
And you don't want to talk about the fact that like we self-reported all of the violations in the summer of 2003 that we discovered through our own investigation and that sort of thing. And, and we, we instituted our own penalties before the NC2A did. We're the right. ones who gave and ourselves a postseason ban yes. and a non-con ban. And like, scholarship limitations and all of like we, right. there's a like reason why people talk about it. actual death penalty. Right. Short of an actual death penalty, we did everything you could do to nuke a program. I 100% expected, like, Evan to make the joke coming off of Easter weekend <laughs> that this was the best resurrection since where this Jesus is gonna Christ. Go. Like, I did expect it. And honestly, is, I'm proud is of his restraint. It would not be wrong. I said to Todd, it would be a great tweet. It's irreverent as hell, but let it be known that it's out there. It was, I mean, it, it, we essentially did death program ourselves, death penalty ourselves. And they just really, the haters and the losers of which there are many just can't handle it. Did you get a chance to read the Texags thread? I read part of the thread. I was, I think that you sent it while I was in the midst of uh, some sort of child shenanigan. We don't have a player that can make Baylor's roster. (laughs) I love to see it. I love to see them crapping on our town on Waco. Yeah. I, I really honestly don't understand the Waco hate. I don't either. But I also didn't understand it in 2003. I didn't either. I didn't think it was a bad town in 2003. Granted, no. I didn't have a car, so I was like pretty much on the bubble. But I can see how Waco could be bad, maybe. But I, w- I would argue that nowadays... Any interests you have, if you actively search for ways to uh, engage them, you can find ways. There's an art scene, there's live music, there's wine tastings. Um, If you want to find that crowd and that is your thing and you're like, oh, I can't do this because it's not Austin or I can't do this because it's not Dallas. There's like the cable park out at... Cameron Park and all that. There's a zoo. Yeah. Like, if you want to be happy in Waco, you can make yourself happy in Waco and be content. If you want to blame everything on Waco and be miserable, you can definitely do that. Also, it's just like, it's... You're not going to be happy anywhere. huge. But... Like, I, I think that... And also, like, College Station, I've only just driven through... And maybe a handful of times, but like it just feels like any it's generic a highway with some Midwest, chain restaurants. Yeah, it's chain restaurants and it's like clubs. I get like clubs for college kids and stuff like that, but like, yeah, like there's a certain charm to Waco. Yeah. And there's, there's outdoorsy stuff. There's, you know, there's of course Magnolia and all that that entails, but. Try to try to avoid that part, but oh, I do too. Speaking of, there's a 
there's a parade next week. 6 p.m. on what? Tuesday, there's a championship parade. Oh, there is a parade. I think I'm going to try to go. I think I'm going to take the kids. Graham gets out of school at like 3.20. I may check them out early and hit the road. Todd may or may not come. We'll see. What day is it? Tuesday? Tuesday. Which means that there will not be a lot of out-of-towners, which might be nice because it might be like a, hey, Waco, this is for you type deal. Yeah. This bud's for you. Yeah. Might be nice. But yeah, I think I'll go. I'll take my kids. That'll be fun. Let me see. What else? Who else do we want to trash on? Who else do, do we get take? to trash on Chris Beard yet? More Dude. specifically, we're going to trash on tech fans, not Chris Beard. I want to trash... Unless... Okay, what are your thoughts on tech fans? Because I don't blame them for their betrayal. I don't blame them for feeling betrayed. I do blame them for being naive. Yeah. If you thought someone who is an alum of Texas was going to choose to stay in Lubbock... (laughs) When his alma mater calls and says, hey, we have an opening. Do you want it? Y'all are idiots. Like the dust storms of flat land is getting to you. They're definitely deluded. Like, I, I mean, I had the same frustration with Kansas fans when they got their butts hurt because Roy Williams left to go to North Carolina. And I, I think partly... He psyched them out because there was an opening a couple years before that. And he was like, no, I feel like I have unfinished business. And so he stayed at Kansas and then he left. But there were all these butthurt Kansas fans who were like, how could you abandon us? We're so betrayed. It's like, it's his freaking alma mater. He coached there for 10 years before he came here. You guys are stupid if you didn't see this coming. Yeah. That so, tech the, fans, the alma mater you're factor. stupid if you didn't yeah. see this coming. Especially, like, people who make fun of Waco and then are like, why would, I can't believe Chris Beard would leave Lubbock for Austin. Friends, I would leave a lot of places for Austin. I've Austin's never been great. to Lubbock and I'm okay with that. It's super, super flat. Dusty. The streets flood when it rains. Hmm. It's very windy. Is there an aroma like a like a feedlot aroma? Maybe. I, not that I have heard. When hmm. I think stinky college towns, I I think Greeley, Colorado. Um, but I mean, it it could stink. Maybe it hasn't when I've been there. I choose to believe but, it stinks. We we used to joke that there's a pretty girl behind every tree in Lubbock. But there's like no trees in Lubbock. Oh god. I was like, I yeah, okay. That's a deep cut, man. So, That's harsh. It is. It is it's pretty harsh. Um I mean it's the youngest way. of the Texas universities or of the major ones. I think it was founded in nineteen twelve. Maybe 1918, somewhere in there. Um, it's also I, essentially a high school, right? I do not think it is academically rigorous. 
They have good graduate schools, I think. Yes, that is true. I do think they have good grad schools. Although I had a professor at Baylor who did his PhD at Tech and like a fellow grad student was murdered when he was there. Anyway, that's like neither here nor there. Well, I mean, they have, but was the grad student smart? I I mean, I don't know. It wasn't covered up by the basketball team, so who knows? So they're allowed to have success. I think that... um, Now, are you going to make fun of Chris Beard? Do we have mockery of him that I'm unaware of? um, Well, it's not even me making fun. I think that when it came out that, like, he did not even give Texas Tech a chance to, like, counteroffer what Texas offered. I kind of respect that. And I kind of think that was the respectful thing for Beard to do because he was not going to toy with them and he was not going to act like there was anything that Texas tech could do to keep him. You know, it was like, this is my own matter. I'm going here. Don't even try. I'm gone. Peace out. I like to think that he was packed and gone before he even told them about the offer. I would be. I would be too. But I also just want to say that like he has a look that I don't like. I honestly cannot picture what he looks like, so now I'm gonna He he honestly kind of reminds me of the Auburn coach, I think. Bruce Pearl. It's Bruce Pearl there and then Chris Beard. Oh yeah, I can see that. They both just I think Bruce Pearl looks more angry. Like, oh, he's an angry elf. I have no idea how tall Bruce Pearl is. In my head, he's about 5'4". Well, I know that he was on the verge of a stroke when he was coaching against us in, like, January. Like, that was the angriest one. But this is, like, okay, I'll send you like, the as someone who cheered, As someone who cheers for a team where the coach routinely turns purple when he's yelling, Bruce Pearl is the angriest coach I've ever seen. I'm going to send you this picture of Chris Beard that, like, is Chris Beard in my head. And he and Bruce Pearl are very similar vibes. And all of this is to say that, like, I think that I can easily hate this man. And I, and also it is kind of a villain move to go to a conference rival. Like, it's a hardcore I, but I honestly, I, I get feel, it. I, mean, I get it. He hasn't been at Tech that long, right? I know. I know. But it's, it's, think of Scott Drew. Oh, I forgot that he was at Tech before this. It is literally like if Art Riles had gone to Texas. It would have been shady. That's for sure. You would okay. have been. So he was there for pissed. five years. I don't know. I feel like if you're a Tech fan, you have. Chris Beard, you realize that the opening is coming available soon in Austin. Like, you really can't be surprised, y'all. No, no, you cannot be surprised. It is still a villain move by Chris Beard. Mm, I cannot, true. I cannot imagine Scott Drew. Um, but I, I can't. he did coach under Bob Knight, so villain moves should seem normal. 
right? Right, right. I, I mean, just this like is the I dude can... that choked Latrell Sprewell, right? I'm or just did he hit him say... with a chair? I can't remember. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, Bob Knight. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I still get lost in all that. I'm just saying, if Scott Drew ever leaves us, I don't think he's going to go to Texas. I don't think he's oh, going no. to go to TCU. I don't think Jerome Tang, right out the gate, would take an in-conference rival job. Now, I would not begrudge like Grant McCasland or Paul Mills if they went and took a job like that. No. Because they're removed no, from not. Baylor. Like, it is, they have done, yeah. they've done the stepping stone and they've done something else. They would... It, it is cold-blooded to go from tech to Texas. <laughs> I kind of like it. But I like it because I can hate Only because it's not happening to me. Right, right. But also, like, I can hate him. And just be like, you know what? That man is... These hoes yeah. ain't loyal and neither is Chris Beard. Yeah. Because he's also doing that to guys, like, who he will be playing next year. Right. Like, he will, yeah. as the His coach of Texas... Players play against guys who committed to him. Yep. Hmm. So I saw somewhere that what what's his face at Tech had declared he wasn't coming back. And then I saw him say something this week about run it back. So like did he decide to stay? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't followed recruiting because I've been following a national championship run. I, I don't follow recruiting, but I do follow Sir Roderick. <laughs> Remember we decided he has a precious face? He does have a precious face. Gosh, I follow him and he was retweet, retweeting all of the basketball players' tweets. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. We'll see. Um, we'll see how that all works out for them. I predict. We don't have this sour grape on here, but you were tweeting about it earlier today. And I feel like it's very sour grape worthy of mention. That we can be pissy at Arizona and people mentioning assistant coaches at non-Power 5 schools for that position, but not mentioning Jerome Tang, who is an assistant head coach at a Power 5 school that just won a national championship, like, uh, I don't know, two days ago? Yeah. And who has been at that school for the entire rebuild. It's not like he came in in 2010 when Baylor was like, Elite Eight, you know, he exactly was there early on. Literally from the beginning. And I know that, like, the the Gonzaga assistant coach who's getting men- mentioned apparently, like, has some connections to Arizona. Does he? But I also, okay, like, I read the article that I quote tweeted and, like, Jerome Tang is still not mentioned among any of the other potential candidates. And like I said in my tweet, Jerome Tang is getting mentioned for like UTEP and, you know, little directional schools like UNT if Grant McCaslin leaves and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like. Sounds about white. Yeah. Didn't want to say it, but. I'm going to say it. I kind of said it That's bullshit. Yeah. I don't want him to go, but he deserves to be freaking mentioned. And the notion he that does. he can only take over like a directional to be offered it, right? And then say, "No, I don't want it." And just the notion that he needs to go to a small school to start out his head coaching job. 
how but the Gonzaga attention how, assistant how coach big is not U of a. I don't know, but it's in a Power Five conference, so it doesn't really matter because it's still a big job. Like she, no, this is more like my own curiosity. Like, how big is the school? Because I, they're one of those schools that's um, public, but sort of acts like they're private. Yeah. So, oh, they they're they're sizable. This says they have thirty five thousand undergrad. Yeah, that's. Big. You know what? Honestly, Tucson is a cool town. Yeah. So, and I, mean, I, I don't think they I've fired their last coach like for being dirty, and Jerome Tang has experience cleaning up. Right. Where dirty coaches. I were. wouldn't want that mm. for him, though. I don't want him to walk into that either. situation. I don't either. Not even a little bit. I just but want I'm him to be mentioned for better jobs. Yeah. I just want him to be mentioned for better jobs than. Yeah. Directional afterthought schools. I've been very Annoyed. like jubilant, but also fueled by hatred for the past Rage. few days. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime my buzz is starting to like wear off from the high, I just go to like my known dealers for a shot of rage. <laughs> I never let myself get into any of the rage until today. I took all of yesterday to just be jubilant. And enjoy national championshipness, and be so proud of our boys, Not men. I hate calling y'all boys. I'm sorry. I know, but so they're little. just. And also, I've seen so much of Some Jared of y'all Butler. Are like a foot taller than me. I've seen so, so much little. of Jared Butler in the past two days, and when he is like Kendall in the post game conference, I loved that. Yes. And I also loved when he made the comment in his like official press appearance after the game and someone asked like like how did you guys do this how did you get through and he was like I don't want to sound prosperity gospel but it was Jesus and I'm like I love you for being smart enough to realize that like people there might could have be, an issue with that yeah people well and also like people could misconstrue and be like well we did everything right so Jesus rewarded us right. when that's not how it works. And I just love no. that he is such a great ambassador and also like Yeah. Like, even if we had Christ. lost, yeah. Jesus is the same. Jesus day, was there. Jesus tomorrow, got them forever. through it. Jesus isn't why right. they won, but Jesus is why they were able to win with joy. Right. And endure just, with joy. Like, loved it. I love watching their joy for each uh -huh. other. When and Mark their Patterson joy got his scholarship. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was crying. And when and then, Mark uh, announced Davion winning yes. the Defensive Player of the Year award. And then he was like, I'm still a better defensive player than you. I love them so much. I really do I love do them too. so much. Like, is there a silent auction where I can just like cuddle them. lunch with them? I just them? want to cuddle Because I totally them. would. I, just I don't even need to cuddle because I don't like people touching me. But I um, want a freaking Mark Vidal lunch. bear hug. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm. I want, actually, what I really want, I want the Maceo to go, well, yeah. I want Maceo to go to the Jazz, and then we can have a Maceo and Ekpe book club mm. with both of them. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. I also want to see Maceo, like, lip sync more songs and dance to them because that locker room 
I was laughing because I was like, he is so controlled emotionally usually. And so like to see that little bit of like letting loose Uh was so fun. It was adorable. Loved it. It was. Loved it so much. I still need more content. I need more content. Baylor men's basketball Twitter account. But I want y'all to get good rest, see your families, eat some queso because I'm 100% certain there's no queso in the what in the bubble. Um yeah. But I want to see more locker room dancing videos and more yes, bubble videos. Absolutely. More bubble videos. I watched okay. all of Sedona Price's bubble videos yesterday. Well, I have Prince not Price. And it I they were so fun, but they also made me mad that there weren't more um Baylor men's basketball TikToks. I need to go, yeah. I don't do TikTok. Like I said to you last night, I don't do it, but that yeah. the Jackson Moffat account I don't routinely do it. I just go on and check certain accounts. I don't go to like the for you page or right. No. Well, I don't have the app. I just have to like Google it like an old woman. I just I finally got the app because I was like, this is taking forever. No, so. it's very cute. I love it so much. Anyway. I love this team. I'm very sad that we will never see them all play together again. But I am damn glad that they were the one team that got to leave Indianapolis happy this year. I am too. It has replaced, or not replaced, because I will never forget it, but like it has remedied the Quincy AC walking off the court crying image in my head from 2012. Yeah. It brought me joy. Um, where I'm trying to go back and make sure my child is yelling my name. Mm, which one? Um, the small one, the small loud one. I'm trying to see if I have any any fun tweets that we've missed. I am I, living for I the loved... Baylor Gonzaga Bring It On tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love Roger Sherman saying Gonzaga went 30-0 with 28 double-digit wins and Baylor kicked their asses for 40 straight minutes. Out-hustled them, outshot them, bodied them, had more fight, more skill, and more athleticism. One of the most impressive champions ever. That's right. It was a straight-up ass-kicking from start to finish. It really was. It really was. And it is... And then somebody saying Baylor would have at least three to four losses if they played in the Big Ten. Oh, okay. Okay, buddy. Again, you're big, slow white men. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. Uh, it's not a matchup. In 2014, Brian Frischilla saying uh, Scott Drew's coaching ability, coaching is a liability. He wouldn't know a basketball from a pumpkin. Fran said that? Yeah, in 2014. No way. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's in our, uh, it is in our, our inbox together. It's not an alt account? It is a quote from Craig Smoke quoting Fran. At what point did Fran, like, change his tune? I don't know. Sometime since 2014. That's shocking. Because mm-hmm. he has been one of the biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
Oh, OSU, Oklahoma State, being the only Big 12 school to congratulate us. Normally, I'm rather anti-Oklahoma State, but that's a class act. Y'all are the only people who did it. I saw something from so. Bruce Weber. Oh, really? But it was it was like Bruce Weber and not not the Oklahoma actual State. school or the program. Interesting. So I have one directly from Oklahoma State from their from their basketball account saying congrats on a dream season. We're proud to know that the Big Twelve gauntlet helped prepare you for this run. Which I feel like is a little bit of shade of them being yeah. like, we yeah. beat you. We got I, you ready for this. I think maybe. You beat us after he COVID. Could, he could do that because they could do that because they are one of two teams that beat us. Mm-hmm. And like the Rock Chalk Talk blog has been effusive with oh their praise. And I'm like, you and feel okay to do this because you beat us. Because y'all were such shitheads a couple month, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Wisconsin, somebody saying Wisconsin should raise a banner that says they lost to Baylor by fewer points than Gonzaga. Hell yeah. Which actually it says by less points. And I just corrected them because. Oh, you shouldn't have given that that credit. Because I, I was like, have. yay. It's that yay big for 10 the education. Um, I, first of all, Jamie Dixon, the TCU coach, follows nobody on Twitter. That's the sign of a true psychopath. He has bodies buried in his basement, for sure. <laughs> but also, I wanted to just acknowledge that Yell sent me a message on Monday before the game. Aww. And it was, um, did he say, what did he say? He said, good luck, Paget. I won't trash talk if you lose, but I will be thinking about it. That's my pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? Better than I anticipated. So I would try to talk if TCU lost. Unfortunately, I'm not as good of a person as Yale is. Would I? Um, I would. I would probably mm-hmm. only trash talk the annoying TCU. Right. Fans well, I eye. wouldn't like trash talk Yale. And I wouldn't like trash talk my personal friends for a school who lost. No, I just trash talk them for choosing to go to TCU. <laughs> it would just be like Twitter trash talk. Yeah. So maybe I'm a better person than I thought I was. Hmm. Oh, no. Oh, I also like this (laughs) this tweet that says Baylor football would have played in the national championship if Petty didn't stumble. It's freaking true, though. It's true. The turf monster, man. It'll get you every time. Yeah, that's a correct college football take. It really is. Also, I saw a tweet that was like, what college football moment made you physically sick today? And I didn't respond like besides because Besides Joe Theismann's leg? Oh, that wasn't college. That was, that was, that was NFL. Right. And I was, but I, and I didn't Ugh. respond because I feel like there has been like an influx of questions like that lately that are designed just to like get engagement from random accounts. Yeah. And I'm not going to give them that. I would say Seth's ankle snapping. Yeah. And also I feel like you could um, hear it. Callahan getting freaking like clotheslined. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we're gonna be national champions. We are national champions. 
plug for the Baylor Bear Foundation because once again that enables these yep. guys to be on scholarship and have everything that makes being an athlete at Baylor University great. Um I'm also I'm doing a giveaway for those coasters that have our play. Oh yeah. The the best I got place. a DM about those and and then decided I don't know, I don't I was like, that. cool, sure, let's go. Um so if you I want did, some I gave coasters, a set of them to my dad last year for his birthday maybe. And they're they are quite nice. I don't know why I feel like it would be a good Father's Day gift. Like everyone drinks beverages and needs to protect their furniture from And coasters. everyone's mom yells at their dad. Right. To use a coaster. But I think Father's Day, coaster, great. Yeah. I think it's because they have beer in their picture. Some oh, good maybe. subliminal messaging right there. Does but your anyway. mom not drink beer? Maybe that's just my mom. Well, no, like she drinks beer, but it's it's still a very masculine looking yeah. ad. Kind of like me. having a, a sports podcast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, this is the only Baylor-centric all-female sports co- podcast, so if you like it, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Oh, yeah. Leave leave us reviews. Yeah, Mostly because I go read them later, and I think they're funny. I need to read some. Um, anyway, any parting thoughts? Any last parting thoughts? This has been a long podcast, but we are national champions. Sick so Bears, tell us congratulations nothing. to Gonzaga. Because making it to the championship game is an excellent achievement. And we want to be better than people who will mock our fallen enemies. Um, being undefeated is being cool. Said, but you know what's cool? We're not being champions. We're not going to mock Gonzaga. This is our this is our plan. We're not mocking Gonzaga. We are mocking Big 12 teams. Specifically Iowa State. Um Texas, Texas, always. Um, really, anyone? Just mock them all. I mostly want to. I I mostly want to mock Texas. Yeah, I'd like to mock Kansas some too. Especially, hopefully, they'll get some like NCAA penalties soon. Maybe not. So, so the life. Okay, quick last minute thing: the lifelong contract. Even if it, what what are the stipulations there? Like, even if it comes out that Bill Self murdered someone? I think it, it base no, I think it's, I mean, if you murdered someone, I think non-criminal violations. Okay. Probably. Because, like, recruiting violations are non-criminal. You shouldn't do them. You'll get fired for them. But they're, you're not going to go to jail. Um, okay. I think it says that he is coach for life and cannot be, his contract cannot be terminated regardless of any infractions committed before the signing of the contract. In which case, honestly, we should probably raise a glass of champagne to Bill Self's agent because that is amazing. I don't know how you did that, buddy, but Mm -hmm. like every coach should sign with this guy. Except he's kind of slimy, apparently, because he's working with Bill Self and got this contract. But he can negotiate. Is it is it the Drew Rosenberg guy who's real scum? Or did I just besmirch the mm. name of someone who's actually a good person? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know who the scums are, but 
I also totally assumed that it's a dude. Could be a woman. Who knows? Could be non-binary. A woman would also not know. represent this. Would they not? I don't know. There's. I feel like there's some slimy people out there. He also seems like a man who would not have a woman representing him. Mm, that's valid. Anyway, we're national champions. Kansas is not. Gonzaga is not. Texas is not. Uh, we are the only school in 40 years and technically ever since the women's tournament started in 1981 to have a women's national championship, a men's national championship, and a Heisman winner. We love that Evan fact. We do. Sometimes Evan has good tweets. He has a so. lot of good tweets. They make me laugh. He does. Most of the time. They, but they get buried under the crap tweets. So... <laughs> If anyone's going to the parade on Tuesday, tell me where you're going to be because I don't Holler at your girl. Where to go. Ain't no holler back, girl. I got to tell you what my father-in-law used to think that was saying. I'll do that off the air. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway, sick and bears. Thanks for hanging with us this season, y'all. Sick and bears. Be excellent to one another. Kill them with kindness, unless they're Texas Longhorns. Okay, bye, y'all.